You people that are in, at home, you can be seated now. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got a couple of announcements. We want to welcome everybody from the North Cascades Health and Rehabilitation Center. And we miss you badly. We can't wait to get back to see you when all this uh, uh, lockdown gets unlocked. Uh, we just want to come back and see you and shake your hand. Uh, maybe bump your elbows, whatever they allow us to do. I don't know if the world will ever be the same after this. But what we're going to do is we just want to uh, say hello to everybody, all of our church members. And by the way, I want to thank you so much, you that are tithing. <laughs> all three of you. Uh, no, just joking, just joking. Uh, uh, I want to thank you for being faithful to sending in your tithe. We still have electricity to pay for and mortgages. But what, what happens is people that are out, you know, they kind of think, well, I'm not in church. I don't have to give. Listen, thank you for being faithful, you that are. It just means so much, and I, I know God's testing us all, but if you could remember, uh, God still requires us to our tithes and offerings. I'm still tithing, I'm still offering, and I just hope everybody would remember that. Um, the address that you can send your text to is 5547 Guide Meridian, Bellingham, Washington, 98226, and uh, we'd like you to uh, continue to be faithful. Thank you so much. It means so much. Um, also, if you uh, know anybody that has uh, yet to uh, tune in, uh, you can find us on Facebook, uh, Spotify, Google, Apple, and um, it, our uh, website is evergreenbaptistchurchbellingham.com, uh, evergreenbaptistchurchbellingham.com. Very easy to find us. And uh, for all of you that are tuning in, um, <laughs> I'm glad you're tuning in. I can't believe anybody's tuning in. I, I just, uh, I, I'm amazed. And uh, I'm, I'm old school, so I'm not really uh, up on all the technology. But as I said before, uh, everybody looks the same. Uh, you're just a black dot on an iPad. But uh, we're glad to have you. And so let's take our Bibles this morning. I have a message for you just by way of encouragement. I think it's important that we, uh, uh, we, some people say, now, are you an optimist or are you a pessimist? And I would say, sometimes I'm too optimistic, sometimes I'm too pessimistic. But I think the, the, we ought to call ourselves uh, not an optimist or a pessimist, but a biblicist. That's what we need. We need to call each other a biblicist. Uh, what do you believe about things? I believe what the Bible says. And today, I hope that you and I together would lift up the Lord. And I can't wait till this, this whole thing is over. You know what I'm scared of? I'll tell you one fear that I have. I, I'm having a fear that everybody would want to go to church online and stay home for the rest of your lives. But the Bible says uh, that we should not forsake the gathering of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but so much the more as you see the day approaching. Uh, so when we get done with this, I want to see every one of you back in church. Amen? Amen. Thank you. Amen. Now, was that, was that my family or was that you? Uh, let's, let's hear a good amen out there in um, iPod land. Ah, good. Amen. Could I have another amen, please? All right, let's turn our Bibles. Isaiah chapter number 41. Hold your place, please, there in the Word of God this morning. 
let's bow for prayer. And I want to preach a message for you today I think is pretty appropriate. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, today we thank you for this hour. We pray and thank you for all of our wonderful people, members of our church that unfortunately have to be home today. But Lord, we thank you for safety. We thank you for wisdom. And we pray that you'll help us to be just as wise as we can. And for those who have underlying health issues, we do pray that you'll strengthen them and give them good health as, as uh, I'm sure that many people in the Bible uh, have, have wished and hoped and prayed for one another to be in good health. As John said in, in his epistles, I, I, I just pray that our whole church family would be in good health. And we pray that this virus would uh, end. We pray this lockdown would be unlocked. And we pray that we get back to work and get back to normal living and uh, bless our country again. And help us to be thankful now that we don't have things that we did have. We, uh, we can appreciate them a whole lot more. Thank you for church and thank you for your blessings to us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Isaiah chapter number 41. And we'll start with verse number 6. I want to preach a message for you today entitled, The Government is Not God. We have a God that's, that's in heaven. And we have a God that loves us, and we want to uh, acknowledge him today. All right, let's go to uh, verse number six. Uh, it says now, they helped everyone his neighbor, and everyone said to his brother, be of good courage. So the carpenter encouraged the goldsmith, and he that smootheth with the hammer, him that smote the anvil saying, It is ready for soldering. And he fastened it with his nails uh, that it should not be moved. These are people that were workers. They encouraged one another. That's what we need today. We need encouragement with one another. Look at verse number 8. But thou, Israel, art my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham, my friend. God loves us. God loves the common man. Uh, President Lincoln said that God must have loved the common man because he made so many of them. God loves the common man. He loves the carpenter. He loves the, the, uh, the, the iron worker. And these are just not just two groups. He loves all of God's uh, wonderful, wonderful people that, that work so hard. We need to get back to work. Now I'm going to give you an, an illustration in a minute. I want to help you, but let's read on. It says in verse number uh, 9, Thou whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called thee from the chief men thereof and said unto thee, Thou art my servant. I have chosen thee and not cast thee away. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. By the way, that's not government talking. That's God talking. God said that. And our hope and faith must be in Jesus. And we, we must not look to other people for the answers to all of our problems. We should look to God. Look at verse 11. Behold, all they that were incensed against thee shall be ashamed and confounded. They shall be as nothing. And they that strive with thee shall perish. 
Thou shalt seek them and shall not find them. Even them that contended with thee, they that war against thee shall be as nothing and as the thing of naught. For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. Fear not, thou worm Jacob, and ye men of Israel, I will help thee. And he says, saith the Lord, and thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Behold, I will make thee a new sharp threshing instrument, having teeth. Though uh, thou shalt thresh the mountains and beat them small, like uh, shall make the hills as chaff. Thou shalt fan them, and the wind shall carry them away, and the whirlwind shall scatter them. And thou shalt rejoice in the Lord, and, that, uh, and shall glory in the Holy One of Israel. When the poor and needy seek water, and there is none, and their tongue faileth for thirst, I, the Lord, will hear them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. I will open rivers in high places, and fountains in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry springs of water. I will plant in the wilderness the cedar and the shittah tree and the myrtle and the oil tree. I will set in the desert the fir tree and the pine and the box tree together that they may see and know and consider and understand together that the hand of the Lord had done this, and the Holy One of Israel hath created it. We have a living God in heaven. We have a God that is in control of the universe. We have a God that said many times in the Bible, I will help thee. I am thy God. Beside me, there's none else. I'm glad I'm not counting on the government uh, to help me I'm, I'm, I'm understanding that the government's a tool of God. Now, think about this. Before you get, uh, anybody gets upset with this, the title of this sermon, sounds like I might be a rebel. I'm not a rebel. I'm, I'm not a rebel. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a law-abiding citizen is what I am. And uh, I think that the laws of our land should be followed as much as possible. I think right now, the most tragic thing is that we're shut down and our whole country, the whole world is shut down and people are looking uh, toward the government for help. I don't want to be too redundant and I don't want to uh, beat a dead horse, but I got to say it again and again. It doesn't matter how much money the government gives back of our tax dollars to us. It's never going to do what God can do. God is our help. My help cometh from the Lord. He made heaven and earth. Our help is from God. Now, I don't think it's uh, too offensive to say this, but I'll say it anyway, uh, just in case. <laughs> no. Your doctor is a wonderful person. He studied probably eight or ten years before he practiced. I don't want somebody practicing on me. I want somebody named God. I want him to take care of me. You say, well, then you're, you, 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 don't, you don't believe in doctors? I believe in doctors, but they practice. Doctors are not God. God's God. Doctor, my doctor is not God. You say, wow, I, I, I didn't realize that. Well, that's why you came to church today. 
The scientist is not God. You know, he works hard. He learns a lot, but he's not God. The teacher. The teachers are highly respected people, and I thank God for their gifts. But the teacher is not God. The judge is not God. He's just a judge. The governor of our state is not God. He's just a governor. Did you know the president of the United States is not God? He's just the president. Did you know that, believe it or not, Congress is not God? They're just people like you and I that are sent to make laws, but that's not God. God is God. He can use doctors. He can use lawyers. He can use judges. He can use Congress. He can use the dentist. He can use the scientists. He can use everybody. He can use the president. The Bible said the heart of the, the king is in the hand of the Lord. He turned it whithersoever he will. Just like a river of water, God is God. I think it's important right now that you and I as believers would not look to the government as if the government is our God. And I would say this. Uh, when somebody opens up a practice, like a doctor's office, or did, did you notice the word practice? They're practicing on you. They're, they're practicing their trade. And thank God some of them are really doing well. But they're still practicing. Our God doesn't practice. He's, he's the God of heaven. He knows you. He, he said you and I are fearfully and wonderfully made. He says we were uh, uh, created in the curious parts uh, from, from, from dust. Uh, he took the dust of the ground and he formed man of the dust of the ground and man became a living soul. Our, our, our whole, all of our members and our hairs are numbered. Everything that God did is so much infinitely better. It's, 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 it's uh, really un, unfathomable what God did. And yet we don't give him credit for what's going on in the world today. Did you know God is still in, in control? God still is in control of everything. Now, uh, I, I want to thank God for our nation. I want to read something to you. And you'll, you'll, uh, you'll understand this right away. And you probably have heard this many times. But did you know that when our country, our forefathers began to... Uh, uh, want to be free and independent from the, the nation of England, did you know that they wrote a document that's called uh, the Declaration of Independence? And in that Declaration of Independence, our forefathers knew that government was not the answer to our problems. They formed the government under the principles of the Bible. They looked to God as the creator and they recognized that we get our rights from God first and then we the people actually put people into government and we uh, give them the responsibility under our leadership as people to do the right thing and we trust them with leadership. What happens in America is that we've taken God's place and just relegated uh, his, his authority to the government, and we're looking to the government as if 
those few leaders of 535, I think there is, plus a few Supreme Court judges and a couple of uh, executive uh, staff, the president, whatever, all that small group of people, we've relegated God's authority and we've just given over our whole entire faith and all of our love and all of our hopes and dreams and all of our uh, dependence and we put it right on that small group of people. I haven't done that. I know that all those men in government and ladies in government do a great job. I think, I think they're wonderful people, but that's not God. So when I need something, I look to God. And our forefathers did that too. Our forefathers put it in the Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created. Now, that's the first word that, that pops up in our mind. Those, those forefathers, when they wrote that declaration, they, re, they realized that we were created, not evolved. We were created by God. And God, the creator, gave us these rights. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. These are wonderful principles upon which our whole entire nation was created. But they didn't look to government to do that for us. They recognized that God gave us those rights. So, they said that they recognized that all men are created equal and that they are endowed by their creator, capital C. You can read this document for yourself. But they, uh, endowment means that they had been given these wonderful rights by God, by God the Creator. So I, I like it so far, don't you? I like this document a lot right now. And then it says, endowed with certainty. So God gave us certain unalienable rights. It's our right to have life. It's our right uh, uh, to be liberated, to, to live in liberty, and so it's our right to seek and to pursue happiness. That's what our founding, founding fathers said. No other government in the world uh, recognized God as the one that gave them those rights. I don't know of any other government that ever started the way ours did because we recognize that God is God and government is government. We recognize that God gave us these uh, wonderful rights that we share today. Thank God for it. Now, it says also that these unalienable rights uh, were not all the ones that were listed. Notice the, the document says, among these, among these rights that God give us, gave us are, are listed a few, and then he listed life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So, the, our forefathers recognized that there was several other rights that just didn't have room to be completely listed. And I submit to you this morning that our rights are, are given to us by God. Our life is given to us by God. Here's something that people need to hear today. Your health is given to you by God. And if you don't have good health, that, that's also allowed uh, by God. Did you know I did some studying? And every single day in, in America, every day, uh, 7,700 people pass away. 
every day. Uh, I think our county has had maybe two or three maybe deaths of uh, this coronavirus. And uh, everybody uh, is just so worried about that. Now, I think it's important that we, that we do the right thing. In fact, we're on lockdown now. I think, it's, I think it's okay. It's a good thing. But I want you to notice I'm not looking to the government to give me my life back. I'm not looking to the government to give me my health. I'm not looking to the government to feed me. I'm not looking to the government. Everything I need God to do is not going to be done for me by the government or anybody else. I'm looking to the Lord. The Bible says that it is the Lord that owns the earth and, and heaven and the universe. The earth is his footstool. And you know, you and I, he loves us. He says, fear not, fear thou not. I am with thee. Be not dismayed. I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. And the very first word of chapter uh, 41, verse 10 says, Fear thou not. Don't have fear. Don't do that. Don't be all fearful. Trust God. You know, the government was formed and instituted by the people who have a creator. God first. Then the people have the authority and government comes way down last. So God has the ultimate authority. He gave it to all the people. And the people say, okay, let's just send some people down there to, to uh, officiate and to, and, and to run our country and to provide for our common defense and to uh, take care of the laws and, and to make the rules. But we're going to tell the government how to run things because God tells us how to run things and then we're going to tell the leaders how to run things. How many of you <coughs> would agree that we got that backwards? You know what we've done? We've taken the, the government way down here at the bottom of the ladder and we've took and take the government and put the government way up on top. We've taken God and and traded and put him way down on the bottom. And so now it's government and all of us and then God, if you have time for him, if you feel like it. If you are, have the notion to even maybe acknowledge God. Listen, our country's in trouble. The Bible says the wicked are turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. I don't want to forget God. I want to put him where he belongs. And then the people. And then way down on the bottom, the government. The government is our servants. Jesus said, if any man be great among you or chief among you, let him be your servant. You know, I think it's really tragic what we're doing today. And I want to remind everybody, please, uh, don't pray to your doctor. Don't pray to your scientist. Don't pray to your teacher. Don't pray to your judge. Don't pray to the governor, the president, or Congress. Don't pray to God. You pray to God. You trust God for what you need. It is God that answers prayer. I've never had a doctor uh, answer my prayers. Now, let's turn to John chapter 14 in the Bible here. And real quickly this morning, the first thing that we have is life. God gives life. Our government, which I, I totally respect and honor, I'm not a rebel. 
I, I'm, not, uh, I'm not a protester. I pay my taxes. I, I believe in keeping the law, uh, but, I, but I also believe in preaching the truth. And the one thing this morning is that we need to remember life comes from God alone. Look at John 14 and verse number 6. Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Go back with me into John chapter 10, and I want to show you this again. We saw this a couple weeks ago. John 10, 10. It says, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Abundant life comes from God. Life itself comes from God. We don't get our life from mankind and all the governmental uh, programs and, uh, and the things that government does. They are they're supposed to be there to serve us. And we have God supposed to be on top. Look at John chapter 1. Kind of going backwards this morning. John chapter 1. Let's look at this now. And it says here in verse number 3. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was what? Life. In God. Not in anybody else. Not in an organization. Not in any other thing. But God himself. He's the one that gives life. And the life was the light of men. Now. Luke, turn with me to John 3.16. And you'll see this once again. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Life comes from God. I'm thinking right now there's a lot of people in our country and across the world that are looking to their governments to, to supply them with life. Our life doesn't come from an administration. It doesn't come from a group of judges. It comes from God. Our creator gives us life. He gives us health. He gives us what we need. Number two, not only uh, this inalienable right of life, and by the way, uh, I wonder if we, I want to go to this second point in just a minute, but I wonder what would happen if we tabulated all the people, all the babies that are missing and compare that number to how many people have passed away from the flu, the coronavirus, which is another strain. You say, oh, it's not the flu. Yeah, basically it is. It's just like the flu. It's, it might be stronger in some areas. But I, I wonder if we could just get a little more upset with all the tragic loss of other life, all the other life that's being taken care of, uh, taken from us, all the other people. What, why are we so concerned? And why do we shut down the whole world? Why is our nation completely shut down over people that get sick of what we would just generally call the flu, as opposed to all the other murders and all the other things that happen in our country. I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed of our shutdown because of, of why it's being shut down compared to 
why didn't we shut it down for all those other problems, all those other ways that people die? It's a good question, isn't it? Well, that's because government doesn't know what to do without God. Without God, government will drive us into the ditch. Without God, life will be removed. But God gave us life. God gave us this wonderful life that we have. God gave us eternal life. Number two, God gives us liberty. Now, I hope that you're that you understand that our freedoms come also from God. At, uh, at his synagogue, where Jesus usually went to, to what we would call church, in Nazareth as a young, a young boy and a young man, uh, before Jesus was ever uh, baptized by John the Baptist, before Jesus was ever anointed with his new ministry, he went to the synagogue and he was he was faithful at church. And uh, if they did have internet back then, I don't think he would have used it. I think he would have gone to church. Amen. I heard that. <laughs> but look at it. he says Jesus stood up in the in in his congregation to read the scriptures. And let's go to um, uh, we can find this in in. in in uh, Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61. This is where it was quoted. Jesus stood up for to read inside his synagogue. And by the way, he asked for the book of Isaiah. Somebody handed him the book of Isaiah and began to read it. Um, let's look at it, what he said. It's one verse here. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. You know who's going to liberate us from this lockdown? God is. He's the only one that can do it. He's the only one that can give us the, the courage to return back to our normal life. He's the only one that can give courage. And I'll tell you what, our leaders need to trust God. Our leaders need to get on their knees and pray. Our, our government officials, every single doctor, every single person that's involved with this terrible shutdown, they need to stop arguing with each other, get down on their knees and, and confess their sins and to trust God. And they need to get down and pray. Lord, we're looking to you to help us with this. Jesus stood up in church and declared that he would be the one to proclaim liberty to those that are captive. And that is wonderful. When I got saved, I didn't know what a wonderful life was ahead of me. I had no idea how free a man could be. I was locked up in sin. I was locked up into bad thinking and bad habits. And I was locked up into the worldly ways of uh, I had no direction in my life. I had, had no understanding of what life was all about. I didn't know where I came from. I didn't know who I was. I had no idea where I was going. And I had no answers for any of those great things that we all need. And when I got saved, I finally realized I have been liberated into the life of Jesus. I have a new friend. I have a new group of people. I have more friends now than I've ever had 
when I was in high school. I have a whole huge array of people that I know now after all these years that are all over the world. We have friends in all kinds of places. And we're liberated. We've been liberated from from the evils and and the degradation and the condemnation of sin. We're liberated. We're more free. My goodness, we also have a good country that liberates us and we're free. But on top of that, a Christian that lives in the United States, you're more free than you realize. You could be a Christian in some other country like Russia. You wouldn't be nearly as free as you are in America. You've got liberty. You've got liberty to to just do, except for you can't go to Starbucks anymore. We're captive. But, but, But look at the liberating, wonderful life God has given us. We're free. The Bible says, if the Son shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Now, this, liberate, this liberty that we have is not just a, 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 a stranger to us. It's in the Bible. I want you to go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter number 3. Where did our forefathers get the idea that God gave us the right to be liberated? Where did, where did God or where did our forefathers ever get the notion that liberty was something that was an inalienable right, just like life was. They found it in the Bible. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter number 3 and uh, verse 7. Um, excuse me, I might, uh, I might be, oh, 17, excuse me. It says in verse 17, Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. That's where they found it. That's why those men that wrote the, the, uh, the document that gave us independence, that's why they got that in there, because they've been reading the Bible. And they said, no, 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 we're free now. We're, we're, we have life and we have liberty. This came from God and we're going to practice it and we're going to love it and we're not going to lose it. Let's look at another verse. Look at Galatians, Galatians chapter number 5. Bear with me now. We won't be long today. Galatians chapter 5. Thank you for, for watching. Thank you for being here. I, I'm, I'm, I'm humbled. I'm, I'm amazed that anybody would, would be inside that iPad there. Look at chapter 5 in verse number 1. The Bible says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Just a little illustration real quick. I, I've only been in one service. That was the Navy. Uh, I, I kind of wish sometimes I would have been a Marine. Sometimes I wish I'd have been a Coast Guard. Sometimes I wish I'd have been a soldier. And sometimes I wish I'd been in the Air Force. But... The only guy that was available to talk to was the Navy recruiter. And he told me, he said, you get in here right now. Come in, get, get, what are you doing right now? I said, nothing. He said, come on in here, I want to talk to you. Uh, that cost me five years of my life. <laughs> I went to boot camp. Some of you have no idea what boot camp is. There's a reason why they call it boot 
camp. Ah. Anyway, uh, I actually saw a guy get kicked in the rear end with a boot. So I don't think they do that anymore. But back when I was in, it was boot camp. Amen. But anyway, I was there and they told us how to stand at attention. And they told us how to wait and walk and march and eat and uh, sleep and make our beds and everything. And one of the terms that we remembered was when the company commander didn't want us to go off running around and uh, coking and joking and goofing around. And he wanted us to just stay right there. Uh, that's that's Coca-Cola, by the way. <laughs> anyway, that was a term in the Navy. Uh, anyway, we, he didn't want us to leave. He would say this. He would say, all right, gentlemen, stand fast. And that meant don't move. Stand fast. So... Every, every morning, we had to assemble ourselves and stand at attention. The officer would come out to the, about the 20 guys, and he'd say, all right, attention on deck. We'd, we'd stand attention, and he'd say, all right, stand fast, and then at ease, and then you couldn't move your right foot. You had to plant your right foot there. You couldn't walk. You could, you could pivot, <laughs> but you couldn't go anywhere, and because that's when you had to stand fast, so you had to wait. And you had to stop and you had to pay attention. And then he'd read the order of the day and the plans and all the details. And then he would say, all right, dismissed. Then you could leave. And this term, look at it, chapter number five, verse one, that word stand fast. That's the same word where we get the word fasteners. You have a rivet. You have a bolt. Those are called fasteners. They fastened together they don't break apart they're not supposed to they fasteners and and that's what god says he says i want you to stand fastened or fast fasten yourself don't lose your liberty wherewith christ hath made us free that's what that means and boy i thank god we're free today oh we've got some wonderful people that went on the battlefield and gave their blood, gave their lives, even on foreign fields. But guess who really bought our liberty? It says, Jesus Christ. Jesus bought your liberty for you on the cross of Calvary. He's the one that paid the ultimate price. He gave his blood so you could be free. Free from sin. Free from the penalty and the bondage of sin. Free from the condemnation. Free from the separation in hell free from all those and our forefathers recognized that and they said that's a right that you've got and that's unalienable it's from God our creator you are free people the government doesn't do that for us only God did that for us and lastly I like this part God likes happiness how many understand uh, raise your hand out there um uh, if you if you believe this, how many believe God loves to to make us happy? I do. How many loves it when when he's together with his disciples and they have happiness? Um, how many believe that Jesus loves to hear singing and joyful and he just loves to he loves to be happy? You know, one day Jesus is going to be very, very wonderfully happy. He's not going to be burdened down with anything anymore. I would say right now. But while he was on the earth, did you notice you wouldn't think that he had a lot of happiness around him? 
you wouldn't think that uh, with all that suffering and the heartache and the mocking and the scourging and all the persecution and the hatred, that takes a toll on people. When we get to heaven, that's the happy place. <laughs> and God says, I, I'm going to give you happiness. So you and I can be happy. He says, hey, I'm a happy man. I've got, I've got a verse for that. Happy is the man that has his quiver full. Right? Children are the heritage of the Lord. As arrows in the quiver, happy is the man that has his quiver full of them. I, I'm a happy man. I'm not going to get down. I just, uh, I refuse. I just, uh, if I'm stubborn, then amen. But uh, I'm, I'm just not going to get down. I don't like to be down. I like to be happy. But that's a right that we have from God. Our forefathers said, we have the right to pursue happiness. You know, the Bible says if, if, you get, if you're suffering for the Lord, happy are ye. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 14. Suffering for righteousness' sake. Happy are ye if you suffer for righteousness' sake. You say, well, I've never been happy being persecuted. Oh, listen, that's, uh, that's only because you're not looking at it the way the Bible tells us to look at it. I look back at the times when I've suffered for the Lord and I think, well, I hated it then, but I'm pretty happy with it now. Number two, reproach for the name of Christ. Have you ever suffered reproach? Have, has anybody ever hated you or mocked you or criticized you or unjustly persecuted you? Have you ever been reproached because you were a Christian? Ha, that shaver, he doesn't drink. What a weirdo. Yeah, yeah, that guy, he, oh, his, his, his family doesn't even smoke marijuana. Oh, what, he, 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 how, how, how can they not understand? It's legal now. Listen, uh, we get reproached for doing right. We get reproached for, for not drinking. We get reproached for, for not partying and not, not being found anywhere down some bar or something. We, we get reproached because the world looks at us and says, you people are really strange. You don't seem to have any fun. Listen, I'm having a lot of fun. I wake up without a headache. I wake up and my hair's still combed. <laughs> no, I, 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 wake up, I wake up happy. I'm not a grouch. I don't, I don't have to worry about what the world says. The Bible says if you reproach, for the name of Christ, happy are ye. Lastly, let's look at this and we'll be finished here. Psalm number 146. Let's turn there. Isn't the Bible wonderful? Can I, can I hear the audience out in the, in, on, on the uh, internet? Okay. Amen. See, God gives a pastor special wisdom that not a lot of people have. He can hear amen through the, 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 the internet. All right, Psalm 146, verse 5. Let's look at it, and uh, I hope that you understand. Um, we're not rebels. We're just recognizing who runs everything. We're just recognizing where our freedoms come from, where our liberty comes from, where our happiness comes from, where our life comes from, comes from God. 
Okay, verse number 140, or 146, verse 5. Now, lastly, let's look at it. Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help. Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. You have life? You have eternal life through Christ Jesus? Have you ever asked Jesus to just forgive you of all of your sins? To come into your heart immediately, right then and there, and ask Him to be your Savior? I did that when I was 17 years old. I got life. I have liberty. And oh my goodness, have I ever been happy with persecutions, with, with reproach, with some suffering, but I'm, I'm a happy man. And I hope you today, you'd remember in this crazy world we're living in right now, especially in America, when everything's shut down, pressure's coming, how am I going to pay bills? How am I going to get back to work? What's going to happen to our nation? You look above all that, Look above all that and you look to God and all these troubles seem to just disappear because God is still God and He is in control. Look at that verse and we'll be done again, please. Verse number five, please look at it. Happy is He. Happy is He that hath the God of Jacob for His help. Help. Oh God, please help us. We look to you, God, for our help. We know there's no other help in the world. Only God can help us. Whose hope is in the Lord, his God. Thanks for listening. And I hope this message would be a blessing to you. Let's bow for prayer.